we actually didn't have intercourse or anything and I had the most blissful experience that I've ever had and I was like okay then okay. <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. that is like an electric light show you can do this just by yourself oh wow there is now time to now up level to the next stage of sexuality the conventional orgasm is like a quick fire but it burns out very fast if you have a blue flame it really? can burn eternally Welcome all you nomads, both you vets and newcomers. If you couldn't already tell, this episode is the first in a special series on the devotional art of Tantra. We're gonna dive into its history in the East and what changes export to the West, how Tantra practices whether performed with a partner or with yourself can heal trauma through connecting you with your mind, body, and soul, and even lead to earth-shattering orgasms you never thought were possible, all by sitting still and breathing. Not bad, huh? Tia, my guest of course in episode 2 of Noetic Nomads, is a native of Bonn, Germany who's traveled all over the world and immersed herself in disciplines ranging from Ayurveda and sacred temple dance to Thai massage, naturopathic nutrition, world cuisine, and of course, Tantra. Now, what the hell is Tantra? If you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, Tantra is some like Indian uh, sex thing. I can't blame you for that. Tia will go into Tantra's history and how the sexual revolution in the 60s may have helped create the perception of what many people have of Tantra today. We'll also talk about the non-dual Tantric tradition that she's a part of, which has been gaining in popularity recently, and how this may signal a paradigm shift in sexuality. Tia and I are cooking up some ideas on how to bring more tantric knowledge and practices to the community. I'd love to hear in the comments what you're curious about and what kind of content you'd like to see in the future. You can also send me a message on the Noetic Nomads community site at noeticnomads.org or send me a tweet at noeticnomads.org. Okay, now enjoy part one of the sacred art of tantra, up-leveling our sexuality. Like, like a lot of people, like, I don't know, like, for example, like, I'm coming from my perspective, right? I know nothing about tantra, right? The only thing I knew before, like, we met each other is Tantra is some, like, Indian uh, sex thing. Like, that's all I knew about it. So when I hear about that and, like, we talk about love is love is not just, like, you know, like you say, the 30 seconds of whatever, you know, bliss down here. It's it's all that. So, like, like again, like, I talk about misconceptions. I don't even know anything. So, like, okay. can you can you tell us about, like, like, like about the history and, like, the origins yeah. of uh, Tantric Samadhi? And like what yes. the what the scriptures talked about and all that, yeah. right? The scriptures talked about we would be here for another week, right? Okay. So that, <laughs> but let's get to how the scriptures got developed. I see. So it probably happened like four hundred years uh, after Christ that oh. actually the scriptures got written down, right? All written and down. Then written down. Okay. So that doesn't mean they haven't existed before. Mm. Um, there, for example, in the Vedic tradition, and you know, I studied Ayurveda from a health perspective, um, it traditionally was given in the tradition of the family by word of mouth, literally. Yeah. Nothing was written down, right? So that means we, we sometimes see like cave paintings um, that people literally put paintings on the walls about positions, for example. Oh, yeah, but not, that was their way of writing. But everything else was an oral transmission. That means the tradition stayed always in the family. And you had a family of doctors, you had a family of 
painters or family. So it, it stayed there for in the lineage of that family that maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 being, you know, humans have passed along. So, but then that's when it started to get written down. Okay. Oh, so, and it came from the sutras, which is more from the Hindu tradition. But then we also have a Buddhist Tantra and Tibetan Tantra. Mm. Yeah. So some of them uh, have different tradition and their belief it's been given, for example, in the Buddhist, they believe there were these enlightened Buddhas and there were sages that got the transmission that were being taught, right, and they were holding the lineage. And even though when it started to be written, the language was, was still obscured. It was obscure. It's like Nostradamus, actually. Ah, okay. Nostradamus wrote in codes because he was afraid they would take, you know, they would kill him, basically. Mm. You know, So it's the same with the Tantra tradition that they, it was encoded. So then the only sages knew how to decode the information. So out of that stems that you would get a transmission. I've received that while I was in India in my 20s, right? I, I received it on an, from an Ayurvedic perspective, which was mostly for health and cooking and preparing food, you know, in a very particular way. And this sounds maybe to the Western mind a little, um, I don't know, spooky or woo-woo or whatever. And it's actually an art form. It's a deep, it's the, it's once we understand that we are energy bodies, which, which is what I'm going to be teaching for us to open these five bodies, the five koshas, mm. which is one of the part was the bliss body. We all talk about the bliss body. Yeah. The transmission is, I describe it in the way I've experienced it. You suddenly feel like you can cook a dish that you never cooked before and it's coming mm. through you interesting oh my god yeah, yeah okay yeah. so you just know so and it's because my energy channels are clear i've been cooking with this indian woman that only speaks hindu i only really speak german because i said my english was yeah. not it was very you know not very trained um and by being with her and experiencing it as um, there was there was pleasure. There was a form of pleasure, and we often associate pleasure. I'm just saying it, you know, with like an orgasm or mm. with sensual, you know. There was a pleasure for me being with the food that is making love to the food. So we mm. in the West have a very narrow, very narrow way of what we call pleasure, sensual, and lovemaking. Mm. This is literally has a, has a very narrow frame of reference, what that means, right? Mm. In the East, everything can be an art form. Everything is an art form. We call a painter an artist, but we yeah. not, yeah? yeah, we in the West, we are not calling Let's even take it a chef, an artist. I mean, we're getting more to that. In the last 10 years, there has a lot happened in the mm. culinary world that we see chefs more as artists now, right? And coming back to the transmission, it felt literally like how you put spices together, especially in the Vedic tradition, is an alchemization that your digestive system 
and the taste buds, meaning the pleasurable part of it, are one thing. So the more the food is balanced, the more the digestive system is easy to go and is facilitated, the more you actually absorbing the prana from the food or the, the nutrients from the food as well, the energetic as much as the physical, the physical is the nutrients and the energetic part. And so if you have someone that loves cooking, you actually receiving that love through the food. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's, that's all included in. So, so if we take that into lovemaking, you can see now how I make love, how present I am, how open my body is. It's actually all the same thing. So the transmission comes that your channels are opened. Uh, for example, I meditated a lot. I did a lot of yoga. I cleaned out my whole chakra system. I didn't know I was doing that. I was just fascinated by it. So Tantra comes from the yogic tradition where it includes uh. meditation. It includes breath, which we're talking about later. Mm. And what is the tantric breath versus other breaths? I love that, that question. So where we literally clearing up the chakra system with the breath. And it's a very particular way how we do that. So that was the transmission that I can only say, I've been with these women, I've cooked with them once or twice, and I was inspired to go home, cook, and it just feels like it just works through me. Uh, I mean, that transmission thing is the reason why I like reacted so much when you said that, because when, I, when this Noetic Nomads project, I feel like I'm channeling something. I feel like a vessel. Like I'm not, I don't feel like, oh, I'm doing this. I, to, to, in order to be inspired to do what I do, I empty myself. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like asking the void to speak through me. I'm like, I am your vessel. Guide okay. my hand. So that's like, that to me is like very similar to what you're doing. Like, I feel like I'm channeling something greater than myself when I'm doing all this stuff. Um, right, right. So basically, Tantra, it's a yogic practice. And, you know, the thing is that, that what I love about Tantra, probably my main thing is that some traditions see the body as the lowest energy mm. and they see sex, you know, mere biologically driven that by that, I mean, hormone driven sex, which is more the animalistical part of us that we still have. There's nothing wrong with that, but also talking about evolution and consciously participating evolution is like we can alchemize and bring that to a greater level of awareness. What we are doing with our sexual energy, which is life force. And that's what Eros is. Eros ah. is also called evolutionary impulse that is always there to, to upgrade. It's an upgrade. It's not an up and down. So we're not getting into dual way of good and bad. You know, this is better. This is, it's not, not about that. That's in the dual. It's more like, you know, do you want to be more artful? You know, or do you want to make not even more artful? Do our words are so limiting. Mm, or, yeah, exactly. you know, our words are very dual, right? Mm. Do I want to be an artful, loving lover? Do I, is, am I interested in that? I might mm. not. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So this is about that you feel, okay, I'm done with this. I'm kind of bored with regular conventional sex and i really would like to talk about the conventional orgasm versus the tantric orgasm and through all this i've come to my own definition of tantra i know you don't want to define it 
the way I see it from what I gather is like Tantra is all encompassing love, not just for, for you, for, for this, for your partner, for, for, for everything. And like the reason that perhaps in the West that it's just, it's looked at in this like kind of perverted ways, because in the West we're very dualistic. We are like, we're like, you know, the Abrahamic, the Judeo Christian uh, tradition is like, they see sex as bad, 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 bad. So they're like, Ooh, Oh my God, look at this sex part. And then like, they're separating it. It's like this, since Tantra is so free about sex as part of the all encompassing love, they kind of like, they kind of focus on that and they go, go crazy about that. And they don't, and like, then they get like this, 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 you know, distorted view of it when really it just all, all encompassing love, all expressing love. That's, you know, that's not evil. That's not bad. It's natural and it's beautiful. So that's my definition of Tantra. I don't know if it's anything close to what yours is, but that's what I got of it. Yeah. So, so the, the only distinction I want to make is I don't want to get into a, a judgment that this is wrong and this is good and this is oh, bad. You're right. I you're right. Like to not go into the dual part of even saying, okay, this is Neo Tantra, which is the Tantra being named at in the sixties. Maybe we can have another small conversation about this how I'm seeing what happened in the 60s and why, and there is no judgment. If you come mm. from a non-dual, then it's all okay, right? So even right. us holding the non-dual is not judging or labeling, even take the word labeling or making one good better than the other. It's, mm. it's all, it's, it's, it's um, everything inclusive. So we including mm. at one set. Okay. Okay, yeah, I got you. but it's, it's included. It's welcomed back in because there is a reason why this has all happened. So, you know, and that is the evolution of sexuality. So mm. there isn't any wrong, right or wrong. It's just what are you interested in? What, what do you want to do at this point in time? I see. Thank you for correcting me. That makes perfect sense. Awesome. Uh, can so, you tell us a little bit about the history of Tantra? So the reason why it's so good when you say about the history, because there are different histories according to which tradition and there are numerous tradition, as I said earlier, right? So maybe let's start then in the 60s, right? So, and for that, I want to actually go back in the anything before the 50s and then even like 1500th century, right? Where mm. we know that um, women were first of all regarded almost like as lower than men, yeah? So we are, what they say right now, we're coming out of a 5,000 year of patriarchal society. And by that, it, we, it doesn't necessarily mean men as in men. And, you know, and there's a whole idea about what that means, um, including, you know, Adam and Eve and mm. all that kind of religious stuff that being made up um, by the clergyman that, you know, changed and science came in even in the 1500th century and then science you know, got disconnected from the church so that our the scientists then could actually take over the spiritual part and left actually the body to the church. Because, you know, even sexuality is, is like bad. And the women, especially the women have been seen as a, 
you know, the cause of problems uh, by Eve biting the apple. Mm. We are the enticing factor, but we can't get it right. We are enticing, but with that comes the bad, right? Mm. So coming back from that, women are basically almost like, you know, like lower than men. Um, we know in this country, talking about the current time, 2020, you know, the right to vote, for example, is not that long ago, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so we could be coming out of that. And I think something happened then in the 60s that women fought for more equality. You know, that started with the feminist movement. There was a very strong feminist movement in there. And so that was the liberation also of our sexuality. You know, finally, we are like, we are free. We own our bodies. We are proud of our bodies. You know, there have been, we coming out of the chastity belt. Mm. Yeah, that whole tradition. Yeah. Um, we coming out of, uh, you know, women can actually go to work and earn a living. So they're no longer dependent on the man. So it's interesting that husband comes from the word house band. House band. You are, ba you are bound around ah, the I house. I see what you're saying. Ah, cool. Right? So that's actually where the word, the origin stems from. So you, you, you all know where I'm coming from. So the mm. 60s basically is the liberation, the liberation of women, the liberation of um, taking the chastity belt off more on an emotional level, not so much physically, that was, that was relieved much earlier, mm -hmm. but, but emotionally, psychically, you know, we are for thousands of years, husband, you know, bound mm -hmm. to the House man, bound, dependent yeah. to the man, yeah? And um, sexually is very much uh, still, we are serving the man. Mm. right we are yeah. serving the men yeah so your generation is maybe not so much clued into this and my generation now i'm born in the 60s mm. uh, i was already very liberated my parents were very liberated so i coming from that generation but it feels like probably the people that are now 70 they had, they went through that liberation and they just suddenly, you know, there were Indian gurus like Osho, other people uh, were coming here. They were telling us about Tantra. And I, I mean, uh, this is my personal view, my personal experience with speaking with, like I said, hundreds of people around this and looking into this. You taking a tradition that comes out of a very, very different culture, mm, yeah. you know, out of the language of Sanskrit that is a vibrational language. It's not analytical, it's not from the mind. Mm. So you're using something from a different culture that entails all meditation, all of that, putting one aspect of that into a culture mm. that is completely different so we can only understand with the level of consciousness and cultural conditioning we can only understand that culture to some aspect yeah 
right? Yeah. So, so we, we're not understanding the whole, you know, some people try to do yoga and all of that, but I have a sense that the liberation sexually was so necessary and was so behind, almost like I want to say behind, mm-hmm. that people just went wild with the information, what we understand grown up in this culture out of tantra and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we interpreted Oh, they're having all this great sex and all of that, but not knowing this is a yogic and it's a sacred practice and practitioner practice this for decades mm-hmm. to actually, you know, practice this as an art form mm-hmm. that all got lost you know, because it's not in our psyche, it's not in our culture. And we took what we wanted to hear, which is sexual liberation. And meaning you don't need to be married, you can have several partners. And that, you know, looking at the psyche over hundreds of years, we have all our conditioning from our parents, our grandparents in the ancestral line we just wanted that liberation and took it. And if you had an extreme like that, from burning the witches to chastity belts, to come, you know, you can't vote, you're completely dependent financially on any level on your husband. Mm. Sometimes that sounds to us right now very extreme. You also have to go into the other extreme and go completely yeah, wild. Yeah. That is kind of a natural tendency. Mm. So um, that's why partially I think, you know, these um, masters, they tried their best working with the Western mind, but really, how do you do that? You know, a tradition that is like 2000 years old, how would you teach people that are thirsty for freedom and for sexual liberation? You're not teaching them that in, in you know, overnight or even in a year or two, plus coming from a different culture, you know? So, so mm. basically say there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm sensing right now that there is enough or uh, more of us also at the time where we are in conscious of in participating consciously in evolution that we know there is now time after how many years 40 60 years Mm -hmm. to now up level to the next stage of sexuality Mm. and so like what how would you describe this up up level in sexuality is it somehow related to non-dual like how would you describe yes exactly that's that's Mm -hmm. where i would see it um uh, from from a non-dual uh perspective exactly Mm -hmm that that is the next level. And I, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, you know, go back, back into getting from the traditional, the Tantra, where it originally, uh, mm. what it meant in the East, right? Mm. Yeah. So uh, the Tantric text, like we were saying, there are between three and 400, you know, after Christ, there were like, poetic metaphors pointing to oneness and divine love Mm. yeah so and these first writings were purposely obscured 
that only initiates would understand them. That comes in with what we talked earlier also about the, um, the, the, the transmission. Yeah. It's a very different way of being that in the West is not our way of being at all. So it's something that we need to learn like we're learning a brand new language. And I often say, you know, if you speak Spanish and French and you want to learn Italian, it's fairly simple. But I want to compare it. We are learning Japanese and Chinese. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's very, it's very different. Yeah. And um, basically, and the Tantra, what I love about the Tantra in comparison to the, the practices, you know, where we talked earlier, the body isn't being included, that Tantra is a spiritual practice, which means your mind comes into play as much as your body. So in a lot of meditation practices, like the the body is the bad thing. It's going to be ignored, you know, in numerous traditions. But when you practice Tantra, you're connecting to your body, your mind, and your soul. And the other thing talking about the shadow is that you learning to be with the mind, to practice the mind. you learning to practice the breath and your emotion. And that requires that there is a willingness to step out of your comfort zone so that you can actually unite all those parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that uniting, that is what Tantra actually means. It's weaving. It's weaving all oh, these separate thoughts into, into more like a oneness and um, inclusiveness of all. So we're not excluding the apparently lower emotions or lower parts of our body. Mm. We're including and then bringing them up through the heart. Yeah, I see some parallels uh, there with like uh, integrating my shadow. It's like, you know, bringing, like being fully integrated and bringing the wholeness and not like discarding one part. And like, like I had a, a lot of trouble before, like when I was going through like a lot of problems, I would try to detach. I'll try to bypass. I'd be like, no, this is not real. And I'll like go into like some spiritual realm and I'd be like, no, no, this is not real because I don't want to feel the pain. Right. Yes. But I, but I yeah. mean, like, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because there is still part of me that wants to be like, okay, none of this is real. I don't want to feel this pain anymore. You know, like right, right. Your thoughts about that. So the Tantra with having a body positive view, um, exists in the material world. Basically, like classical yoga's viewpoint is that the body is inferior to the transcendental self or spirit. Mm. But where Tantra views the body as a manifestation of spirit. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that means that you including all of that. And yes, it means exactly what I said earlier. Are you willing to go and deal with your discomfort? And, mm. you know, if you are not... Uh, and maybe especially not in the 60s, people did not want any more discomfort. They finally wanted freedom and pleasure and all of that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, but from a tantric perspective now, that's why I'm thinking it's totally understandable or almost like normal that we had to go through the sexual revolution and go, you know, just into the pleasure, into all of that, and especially for women. So the women, they liberated themselves that they could choose a man, you know, they, they can choose a man, they can have also multiple partners, right? But where it was always more acceptable that men have multiple partners. 
I'm generalizing here. Uh, it has this the viewpoint, or the viewpoint is that men are now having an excuse to no longer be monogamous, mm, right? But yeah. being uh, polyamorous, you know. And the women also took that to took that themselves that right, but that took maybe a little bit longer. Another thing that I was very interested in is like, okay, this keeps coming up, and it's very interesting. Because again, I don't know the exact terminology to, to, to describe it, but you said that you were initiated into the tantric tradition and that you received a transmission. Can you go into what exactly that would entail? And would this also mean that maybe would other people who practice it receive a transmission? Like how would that work? Yeah, it does. It does exactly work like that. It is. It is like a big work. It is the. You know, we are waking up from the illusion that we are separate. Mm. We are all one body. We are oneness. Called. We are one. We are yeah. in the unified field. Coming back to the quantum and the illusion that we are separate, knowing that we have an energetic, magnetic, and electric body. Mm. Like we have mm. electricity moving through the spine. Now earlier we talked about the blockages in the chakra in the energy centers or chakras so these blockages stop the energetic the energy electricity literally running through the spine mm. through the central we call that the central channel or the shashumna and the more we undoing the blockages meaning we're doing the shadow work we're doing the or the trauma to me shadow and trauma is very into it very directly related it depends how you want to see it right that we opening those those centers so that the energy can flow freely so the transmission there's there's two things there is a transmission that i'm receiving information on a non-verbal non-linear level 